Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs postgame show podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. We're going four corners on this one after a tough, tough night. Yet another one for the Chicago Cubs. Jared Willis, top left. Ryan Herrera, top right. Cody Del Mendo, bottom left. And I'm Luke Stuckmeyer. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Hello to everybody in the live chat. Here on the YouTube feed, we appreciate you. Uh, Really, on a night like this, we really, really appreciate you. Big (laughs) thumbs up uh, for the show, please, when you hit the like button. Also, if you're uh, listening to this later, maybe tomorrow morning on Spotify or Apple, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you give us a positive review, a nice review, and we appreciate you for that. And uh, thanks for subscribing as well. Uh, Cubs lose another one. They are now nine games under 500. Yikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're in danger of being swept by the Angels. Yikes. And uh, I, I don't know what else to say, but I, I keep watching things around the division, like seeing the Reds hit 460-foot home runs, and I know the Pirates lost. Uh, guys, I just... I just don't see how they're going to turn it around. That's what I said last night and tonight. It just confirms that to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's been, it's been a really, really rough stretch. And, um, I was looking at some numbers, um, seeing where they were at, like as far as the offense goes. Um, so I, I kind of just picked an arbitrary date, uh, uh, May 20th. Because May nineteenth was that day they beat the Phillies, scored ten runs. Last time they scored double digits. Um, yeah, I just kind of saw what the Cubs were at hitting wise, uh, you know, individual hitter wise coming into coming into today since May twentieth. Um, so for a lot of guys, that's like 13, 15, 16 games. So it's a smaller sample size, but just kind of looking at the stretch that that they're in right now. Um, of the regulars, Dansby Swanson is the only one in that stretch with a WRC plus above a hundred. Well, 131. Mike Talkman's also in there with a 123 WRC plus. And we've, we've talked about how he's filled in admirably for Bellinger. Um, Amaya in uh 12 plate appearances in that stretch coming in today was actually a 259 WRC plus, but the rest of the lineup is uh, not meeting expectations. Nico Horner in that stretch, 87 WRC plus, Seiya Suzuki, 75 WRC plus, and Ian Happ, 57 WRC plus. So those are your 
your top four guys, Swanson's really the only one bringing the bat to the table in that stretch. Um, and then you saw it again tonight. Uh, you know, those four guys, Ofer, uh, Ofer, what is it? Ofer 13. Yeah. I know Hap got hits. walks. Three hits. Swanson got a walk. Yeah. But those four guys, no one got no, no base hits from them. Three walks combined. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bad stretch. And uh, we talked about, you know, Bellinger and the Cubs missing Bellinger. Um, I think there's between the, the start of the stretch that I just said and when Bellinger went down is only like three or three or four games, something like that. Um, so it's not like this is it, it's basically the same stretch that they've been missing Cody Bellinger. Um, and when you you take a bat like how what, what he'd been bringing to the lineup, when you take that out for an extended stretch and you you need your best players to kind of step up in his absence and those guys just haven't been doing it. And, you know, it, it, it's, again, a small sample for a lot of those guys. And you can also say, like, you know, some of these – it's baseball. Like, players are allowed to have bad stretches. But when it's your four top hitters, three of them just aren't really getting it done, and you're missing another big bat in the lineup, that obviously doesn't help when the Cubs are in this bad stretch trying to get back to a place where they're in the race – they're in the hunt. They're not selling at the trade deadline. It's, it's all. I mean, we can talk about the pitching side as well. But it, as far as the hitting side, that all just kind of leads to where they're at right now. And and was it nine games below five hundred now? Eight, something like that. They're nine, not, nine under. Yeah, nine under. So, yeah, it's it's been a rough stretch for the the guys for most of the guys in that lineup that you're sitting there saying that they with especially with Bellinger out they need to part of that production up um and for a while now it just hasn't been getting done overall and yeah that that continued tonight i mean three hits total when you get your three hits from talkman mancini and amaya normally you would look at that and say if you're saying talkman mancini and amaya had hits in this game you're thinking oh wow they got contributions from everywhere they were the only three hits in the game you know we we've spent a lot of the season actually saying well it's the it's the first four guys are doing everything and the bottom of the lineup has done nothing tonight as ryan was saying it's kind of kind of the opposite and i mean we knew this offense was going to struggle right like Mm -hmm. we knew it wasn't going to have enough power yeah i saw him scrolling during the game the Cubs home run totals and and wisdom still leads the team in home runs. And next is Morrell, <laughs> two guys that have been slumping. Yeah. And I, I forget who's after that, but like the, the list is just kind of, it's so unimpressive. So we know they don't have power, but on nights when you can't even get hits, just for, just forget about it. It wasn't like they were going against Cy Young. I, Cody's face. I took. I just took a picture on my phone. I think I'm gonna tweet it out. Cody's face for the first five minutes of this podcast has been just complete dejection. I was was gonna say. I was gonna say. If you need to summarize the way the Cubs have been over the last five weeks or so, just it's it's Cody. Poor Cody. You know, Cody's face. He's like all the way in the corner, like (laughs) barely in the screen. That's also all right there. I also think one image from this game that kind of sums it all up was Hap after that strikeout. I think it was in the eighth inning, uh, kind yeah. of you know, slamming the bat down, looking very frustrating. I, I, it's a frustrating stretch for him. It's a frustrating stretch for a lot of those guys in that lineup. 
It's obviously a very frustrating stretch for Cody Del Mendo, our good friend. Um, but yeah, the Cubs are are in a bad spot right now. And, and uh, like you said, Luke, I don't know where the improvement comes from besides some of those guys just getting back to doing what they were doing. I just, I just like I'm at a point where I can't, I can't defend anything. I can't, I can't, I, I can't explain what we've had to watch the last month and seven days. I, you can't explain it. Like I Ryan just explained the four guys at the top, they're struggling since whatever dates. I get it. But like I I I I don't understand how it's gotten this bad. We're nine under, bro. Nine under. And it it should not be this bad, dude. It shouldn't. And that's I think that's why I'm angry. I I mean I'm not well I am angry but like last night I was angry and now I'm making my way back to like the numb part of the of the diaphragm again and I'm just I just don't know I have no nothing else to say they're not good at baseball we as a fan base the people in the chat deserve better than this you you spend you spend more than anyone else in the division this offseason and you're nine games under you're like I, I I don't understand. Make it make sense to me. Like it, it's just it doesn't. Again, it doesn't make sense. They they should be better than this. They just should be. And they played a good five innings tonight before some questionable decisions again lead to them giving up a lead and then having it get completely blown out. So I don't know. I don't know anymore, man. I don't. You want to fire David Ross? I don't think that's going to change anything. Do I think he's the guy long term right now? No. I hope he changed my mind. I because I everyone knows that I I don't have an opinion about the manager. I just don't like. I don't think it's the like. I don't think it makes the you know whether a team is good or not. I I, I in some aspects at least. And but at, at the same time, like the players have to to perform. And Ryan already said with the four other guys that. They're not performing to their level, except for Swanson and, and, and maybe a few other guys. Like they, they just have to play better. Can you can David Ross force those guys to play better? No, I don't. I maybe like I said last week. Maybe bat Ian Happ lead off because he's been walking a ton and he's not performing with runners in scoring position. They have yet to give that a try. There, there's my, there, there's one solution, I guess, that maybe might work. I doubt it will at this point, but do something different. It's like, they do, it's insanity. We do the same thing every day, every day. And like, I I feel, I actually feel really bad for Amos and He was that good, but he still somehow gave you five innings. And I thought they should have taken him out after the fifth. And they didn't, as in David Ross didn't, and it cost them the game. It's just so frustrating when you actually get a good performance out of a guy who struggled this year, and then he ends up, you look at the box score tomorrow, he's going to look like he had another bad night. And he really, it, again, the underlying numbers probably weren't great, but the fact that he gave you a five and only given up two runs technically, like you're hoping he could build off the start before and now it feels like a step back. And it's just like, God, make it make sense. Do like make the right decision. Can we, can we make it the right decision 
for consecutive days. Can we just can we start by doing that? I, I, I'm, I'm rambling now, and I'm sorry for anyone who thinks I'm rambling and thinks I need to shut up. I, I, this is how I feel. Like I, I don't understand why they're this bad. They, like I said last night, the record is almost similar to last year's record. That team tried to lose games. That team was not serious. You don't sign Dansby Swanson and 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 say you're not trying to win games the next season. Like, ah, uh, so like it, yeah. It's a, it definitely looks bad on the front office. It definitely looks bad on David Ross. But but like. Do something about it then. That's where I'm at. Do something. Jared, did you want to say well, something there? Yeah. I, so, <laughs> so, Cody, I, so there's a couple of things that I think stand out to me from that. Number one, I think just to piggyback, Cody, off of what you're saying is we should remember that the the expectations for this team going into the season weren't that high to begin with. I think most of us were saying – Hey, this, you know, if we get a 500 team this season, we'll feel pretty good about that. That's, you know, that's a step in the right direction. Things are moving, moving along the way that you want them to. And, you know, and so that was sort of a low bar. And then, you know, Cody, the frustration comes from, you know, we had a low bar and they're not even meeting that bar and not even coming close to it. You know, it feels like we're, we're right where they were in 2022 and, the second half of 2021 after they traded everybody away. Um, so that's number one, is it, you know, this feeling of like, Hey, we had, you know, not, not a super high bar to begin with and we're not even meeting that, but then number two, you know, it feels like a lot of what you're saying though, is, you know, questions about managerial decisions. Cause I think, you know, watching the game and when, you know, Jameson came out, and Mark Leiter Jr. goes in um, on the broadcast that we're talking about the fact that, you know, hey, you know, we, we kind of like this move because you take one of your better arms and you put him in this spot and you're not saving him for later. But then we saw the way that that worked out. And in hindsight, it, it didn't necessarily look like like the right call. And it could be the kind of thing where, hey, this stuff happens sometimes, whatever. But, you know, maybe the matchups weren't as good as David Ross thought that they were. And so, you know, maybe we're, we're being too careful not to criticize some of these decisions that he makes where, you know, if, if you don't go to lighter there and you go to someone else instead, you keep this game a lot closer and, and you keep your, give your offense a chance to, to get you guys back in it. So, you know, I, David Ross, I know has a lot of, among Cubs fan, amongst Cubs fans, you know, we, we like him. We feel very positive about him because of, of that World Series championship team. But, you know, there's I think, Cody, there's a lot of fair criticism there where, hey, you know, some of these lineups aren't working and there are some other options, like you pointed out, some other things that we can do. And we, we don't see him trying that stuff and some of these decisions about the bullpen, because you can look up the bullpen numbers and they're they're, they're not pretty you know, what the Cubs bullpen has done is not great. So to be fair to David Ross, there is to a point where he, <laughs> he could pick anybody. And it's, there are times when it feels like it doesn't matter who he sends out to the mound. It's not going to work out, but um, I think there is, there's room for some, some criticism there as well about the lineup decisions about, um, you know, when, when he goes to certain guys at, at these points in games, like we saw tonight. So, yeah, 
ultimately it's it wasn't a huge it wasn't a very high bar for him to have to meet or for the team to have to meet and they're falling way short of that um so this yeah this frustration is merited I think it's interesting, Cody, to see like the two sides of the Ross thing that you're that people are talking about, right? Ryan Downs has a super chat saying the Cubs have 10 plus guys that could be sent down or DFA'd right now, and it wouldn't surprise me. This isn't Ross's fault. When everyone's healthy, they can be a good team, but the depth just can't cover injuries. On the other side, you've got Collada saying fire Ross and Colin uh jumping in in the live chat on YouTube saying when people are like, well, what difference is that going to make? And he points out, well, firing Joe Girardi for the Phillies did make a difference last year. Like, uh, you know, I don't know if it like X's and O's wise, I don't know if that makes a difference, but sometimes players for whatever reason, just need that shock value. Like they, they need a toaster dropped in the water to, to kind of wake up. And sometimes for whatever reason, Firing the manager, whether it's fair or not, is is what happens. Raise of hands, and in the chat too, who really thinks that David Ross is actually on the hot seat right now? Nobody. Oh, for four. I agree. I don't. I don't think there's any result this year other than David Ross doing something silly or saying something silly that would put his job in jeopardy. I don't think. This team being nine games under 500 is going to put his job in jeopardy. I don't think this team being 20 games under 500 would put his job in jeopardy. That's just how I believe they feel about David Ross as a manager. I'm not saying that's the right way to feel about it because I, I know there's at least 50% of the Cubs fans out there that right now say he's a major factor in it. But the bottom line is whether it's Ross's fault or not, like Cody said, the players just are not delivering period either they're not good enough anymore they never were good enough or they're in a bad slump i don't know which it is i'm just telling you it's pretty clear nine games under 500 are you kidding me by the time we get to the all-star break they might be 15 games under 500 my thing yeah it's uh well i was was gonna say just piggybacking off luke the, the whole like not delivering part of it and you know mancini is one of those guys that they brought in to be a veteran um veteran bat uh and, and i mean for the most part he hasn't really produced uh the way they wanted him to but he i mean he actually well he tied the game earlier in the game right whatever inning that was that was the the f- uh, fifth inning something like that he tied he tied the game and then scored the the go-ahead run but then he comes up with bases loaded and got that little soft grounder up the middle that didn't that was was the end of the, or the end of the it was bases loaded right in the end of the the inning um, that like that's a spot, that's a big spot that we've just seen. Not even just Mancini himself, but so many uh, times this season, the lineup just hasn't delivered right. And then you have, you know, Mark Leiter Jr. coming in, um, you know, facing lefties, probably the right spot for him, right? The spot that people were mad that he didn't come in yesterday, right? <laughs> um, this is the spot for him yeah. today, um, and he doesn't have a good game. And you know, he's someone that's actually delivered for the most part for David Ross. He's delivered for that bullpen. Um, and, and then he doesn't have it today. So, um, yeah, it's just it's a lot of not delivering when they need to. And it's been, yeah, I mean, it's been a trend that's happened this this whole you know month plus that they've been struggling. And as you guys are saying, like, I, it's it the roster isn't delivering. Like, that's not 
a David Ross issue. It's kind of a roster issue. And uh, yeah, David Ross isn't devoid of criticism. Right? He, he definitely makes his mistakes and different things that we can complain about, you know, legitimately complain about. Like there's, you know, like the one, the lighter thing yesterday, putting Brandon Hughes in uh, instead of lighter. I didn't have an issue with it. It just didn't work out. Right. Like today didn't, didn't have an issue with him putting in lighter. It just didn't work out. And um, yeah, it's, a lot of it's just the just the lack of production and, and delivering when the moment calls for it, and that's just been something this team hasn't been able to get done for for weeks now. Weeks. My my thing, my big thing on Ross tonight is that he brought Tyone back out for the sixth. I thought he was cooked after the fifth inning, man. The fact that he was able to get Trout the third time after he already gave up the home run to him, I was like, great, you gave us five strong, dude. And he gave up a ton of deep fly balls. He walked a handful of guys. Like, to me, he wasn't that great. But he still only gave up, going into the sixth inning, he had only given up two runs. And so, like, I just thought, like, after the fifth inning, bring in someone for a clean inning. I I, I don't I don't, I, I don't know who it would have been. I don't care who it would have been. Just think that the fact that they brought Tyone back out, he got don't know, I think, line out or ground out. Either way, he made the first out. And then – I think he walked a guy and then gave up a, a base hit. And that's whenever Ross decided to bring in lighter because they had two lefties coming up. I don't hate that they brought in lighter. That made sense to me. But I don't like the fact that he pushed Tyone longer than he should have, in my opinion. I don't know how you guys felt about Tyone going into the six, but I didn't like it. So that's that's my big like criticism of David Ross tonight. Which, which, which that's, a, that's not like – that's valid too. Like, I think, I think I'm, I kind of with you on that one um, over like the, the criticism of, of Mark Leiter Jr. I just think that's the, that's the spot you put him in to get, to get it done. And he doesn't to bring Tyone out. I mean, he was giving up hard contact all, all game. He was, he struggled with command too. Yeah. There was a lot of, of uncompetitive pitches, you know, right off the hand. Yeah. Yeah. It was, that was a lot of the game. And it was one of those where, you know, it's kind of like something that had been going on with Keegan Thompson the first few weeks of the season, right? Like the, you could see the the issues, but the results were there. And for Tyon, for most of those most of those first few innings while he was in, it was like they were hitting the ball really hard, but they were like hitting it hitting hard at someone. Like they were the results were just coming, but you could sense that like if that kept up, something bad was bound to happen and obviously it did. So, I mean I'm not even disagreeing with you like that's definitely an area where you might actually be second guess- not, not even second guessing him like when he goes back out then you're actually you know thinking like this may not be the best decision and then it doesn't work out and so that's why I'm like if it's if it's something like that I I hear you and I'm not even disagreeing well and you kind of have to wonder to an extent you know we're we are all observing this this feeling of you know, it, it almost like it doesn't matter what button David Ross pushes, it it doesn't work. You know, w- whatever guy he sends out there, it's it, you know, it's not going to happen. And if if we are are sensing that, watching, you know, you you have to think that he probably get he's he, he's probably feeling some of that himself as well. And especially with the bullpen and how much that bullpen has struggled in different spots, where you know. Like you point out, and it's it is fair to say, like you know, why is is Tyon going out there for the sixth inning? Because I, I sort of wondered the same thing. But if you're looking at like 
how you know wh where the bullpen has has stood this season. How much is is David Ross thinking like? Yeah, normally, ideally, I'd go to my bullpen here because I've gotten gotten five innings out of my starter, only two runs allowed. You know, we, we feel like we got away with some hard contact there, but I don't want to push my luck. Um, and so under normal circumstances, yeah, let's turn this thing over to the bullpen and, and they can carry us through the next four. But you have, I, I looked it up earlier, um, the Cubs bullpen before tonight's game ranks 25th in baseball in ERA. Mm -hmm. So you know, is there a part of David yeah. Ross that is just like, if I can get another out, another two outs from, from Tyon and, and reduce the number of outs that the bullpen has to get, you know, I think that's, there's a possibility that, that that's at least a part of his decision-making. No, Eli in the chat says they're working for Ross. This is hilarious. Eli, you're not, you're not catching. I think what most of us are trying to say here, let me, let me put this real clear. The players can be failing and the manager can be failing at the same time. Both things can be true. It's not an either or. It, it doesn't have to be, well, it's it's the player's fault or it's the manager's fault. They all can be failing. And that's what's happening this season. David Ross has made mistakes. The players are not coming through. In my eyes, everybody in the organization is failing so far this season. They're nine games under 500. Who could possibly say they're not failing? Even guys that, you know, Marcus Stroman can say he's not failing. Okay. Steele can say he's not failing. You got like a handful of guys that can say they're not failing, but they're part of a bigger team that is. And, and Marcus Stroman can't pitch every day. And he also can't grab a bat and go out there and, and hit. So maybe it's not Stroman's fault, but let me tell you, there's a lot of other guys on that roster that are failing and are not coming through. And the manager, and I saw somebody say, we need a new hitting coach. Oh my gosh. How many times are they going to hire? Like this guy's supposed to be like the reason that they fired the last guy. Cause they were worried about losing this guy. Then it, it, that string just goes on and on and on. That's, At some point it's not the hitting coach's fault. That's been going on for years. I, I mean, years they and fired years like, of since I, we also I wanted to give that. We also, wanted to give like him, we also wanted to give him credit for, you know, Bellinger's hot start. Right. So, and I've seen some Bellinger slander in the chat too, and I don't understand. Like, he got hurt off a off an incredible catch that he made. Right. And he, yeah. And, and outside of like a week and a half or two in May, like he had been hitting really well. Like I, I don't understand. I understand we're all pissed and we're all sad and whatever. But like Bellinger, it's not Bellinger's fault that they're playing this bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, just hurt. You know what I mean? And like he got yeah. hurt making an incredible catch. Like what? So. And and like like Ryan said earlier, you know, yeah, he's hurt, but that's when you need some of these other guys in the lineup to step up. There's other guys who are, you know, veterans who are guys that you should be able to count on to perform, and they're just not doing it. So, you know, you you want to criticize somebody. Bellinger's not your guy. There's again, like Ryan said, there, there's guys who should be stepping up that just haven't. Right. Like Blame Mike me. I'm not Mike wearing Talkman. pants right now. Mike Talkman stepped up, right? Like he's he's been yeah. playing pretty well. Like he's not playing. Yeah. He's not playing. You know, he's not slugging the ball like crazy numbers. He doesn't have that power that Bellinger was bringing for a while. I know he had a, the the first couple of weeks of May weren't as good as his April, but um, you know he has that talent that like Mike Talkman has filled in again admirably. Has him filled in completely, and that's where you need the rest of the lineup to start to to fill in the the holes in production that Talkman's not bringing right. And it just hasn't seemed to 
come through consistently. Like there, there are those games where they where they get contributions from all over the lineup. They've had a couple of those this last few weeks. They're just it just feels really inconsistent. I know people in the chat have talked about like they you know they'll they'll go and score four runs in an inning, and then just like the rest of the game is just nothing, right? Like I think that's what happened yesterday was how you know they scored a bunch of runs in one inning and then it was like nothing for the rest of the game. And that's just the inconsistency of the lineup. Again, they're not getting consistent production at any spot of the line. And they've had bad luck too. Like, like last night, we didn't even talk about last night, but like the Jan Gomes double play or whatever, like that, the game's completely different. If that actually works out, he did everything he could. And unfortunately it led to a inning ending double play because Ian Happ was too far off second. I mean, I don't, I don't even blame Ian Happ for that, but like, but like, that, a little bit more of that came tonight, and Mervis hit that line drive down out to right field, right into a glove, probably the hardest hit ball of the night, 110 miles per hour, but right into a glove. And like Amaya was on first base, if that ball lands, maybe the Cubs add another run, maybe the game goes differently. I don't know. Like it's, it they're not getting a little bit of the luck factor e- either, and like you can't, you know, you can't like figure out how to fix that but you you need that like that's just how this game works you need that and they i just feel like they haven't been getting a lot of that on top of you know either beating themselves with defense yesterday or you know bad managerial decisions tonight like it's just like they can't seem to be able to put it all together for even like consecutive nights and so and then like They'll win two in a row, then lose two in a row. There, there's just no you, – you don't know what you're going to get out of this team. And I just they, – they're just severely underachieving, in my opinion, man. Like, they just Very are. And, and, and if anyone anyone thinks that this is what this team was on track for, I just – I don't know what to tell you other than that, you know, like you're just a pessimist. And if you are, that's fine. I'm going to tell you how to fan. But, like, the roster's significantly better than last year. That should, should be, be better. Should be better. It should be better, yeah. and like I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I can confidently say that. So the fact that it's not, there has to be put blame on someone. There, you got to do something to change, to change the vibe or something. You got, I, I don't, I'm not asking for something drastic, but I'm asking for something different. Batley, Ian Happ lead off. That way, he's not in position with runners in scoring position. Move Nico down. Move Swanson, Sugi in the middle. Whatever. Like I don't know. Like I, there's not much you can do with this roster, but like just, just change it up somehow. Whether it's the lineup or, or 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 wherever you're playing certain guys, I don't I don't know I don't I don't got anything else. There's not much you can do. They've they've pulled the levers. They pulled the Morel lever. They pulled the Mervis lever. We talked about it last night. They, you know, like there's some arms in Iowa. When are they gonna When are they gonna give one of them a shot? Like I know, like a lot of them still have to work on command. Like Cody Hoyer. Like they really need Cody Hoyer. But I don't want them to rush him back. He's coming off Tommy John. You know what I mean? Ryan, we were in Iowa on Friday. Cam Sanders was was awful. He walked like five dudes and it took an inning, like almost 45 minutes to be finished because he was out there for so long walking dudes. Like he's he ain't ready, right? Like a few other guys probably aren't ready. But at some point, you got to throw one of them. You got to bring one or two of them up here because this bullpen just doesn't have it. And it's it's been the most disappointing thing about the entire year. And it was the one thing that I thought that this team was going to be okay with. So for that, I feel like a complete moron and I deserve to be completely roasted about it. But it, I did not, even if, even if it wasn't going to be as good as I thought it was going to be, I did not expect this bullpen to be bottom five in baseball. I just, I don't get it. None of it makes sense to me, man. 
I want to get to a super chat from Fernando a while ago that we've uh, missed here. Uh, Ross is not consistently inconsistent, can only expect a coin flip chance every game. Last year, they couldn't even lose on purpose. Uh, so, listen, a lot of people upset, understandably so. Nine games under 500. Uh, Cubs reeling, facing a sweep potentially tomorrow to the Angels. Uh, the good news is, Ryan, tell us about game time and how we can get some cheap tickets at the last minute. Let me pull up the game time. I want to see because if there's anyone, you know, looking to go to this uh, series finale tomorrow <laughs> for, for Cubs Angels, um, Brendan, maybe. that may be it. be interesting. But I mean, right now, uh, for next week, Cubs Pirates on Tuesday, it's like cheap, incredibly cheap tickets. Sixteen bucks is what I'm seeing right now. I mean, you know, the the, the highest, but like this is the cheapest tickets are going to be the the seats that are higher up. But I mean. You want to go to a Cubs Pirates game? You don't. You don't get a lot of division games this year, um, but if you want to go for as cheap as you can get them, you should buy your tickets on Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. You get flash deals on last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You actually get the images of the seat view. So if you go in, you click on it, you can see whatever the venue is, where your what what your view would be wherever you're sitting. Uh, you know, you get the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, a bunch of stuff with Game Time. It is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code CHGO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHGO for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. At Lewis University, many of our students are adults just like you. Many have full-time jobs. Many have families. All of them chose Lewis, Lewis's supportive educational community to help make their transition back to school as easy as possible and earn a respected degree. Just 35 miles southwest of Chicago, Lewis University is a comprehensive Catholic university, ranked as one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges. Uh, faculty bring real-world experience and instruction to the classroom, which is immediately relevant to your career, and they offer support and academic resources for adult students. Whether you're looking to complete your bachelor's degree, enroll in a professional certificate, or graduate degree, Lewis has the right program for you. Lewis offers... Uh, career-focused programs in business, computer science and technology, criminal justice, education, nursing, and many high-demand fields. I'm just going to highlight one here. The Lewis program right now that they have a grad program in criminal justice, public safety. First responders get 20% off tuition discount, and tuition is deferred for six weeks after the end of each class. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world, learn, learn, learn more, learn how to speak, learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. I think it's hilarious that Luke read the college ad. <laughs> Luke, Luke, Cody, if you were school. listening, college hey. is for everyone of every age. This is That's right. 
some of their Parents. students are adults. This, this was the ad read I needed to hear tonight. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, you know, you were saying like people in the comments are like, like Cody, I understand. Cody looks like he doesn't want to be here. I fully understand that, right? All these things. Let me tell you what really, really, really got me tonight. First of all, I was fading on the couch, right? When they appealed touching third base to make oh it whether it's going to be five to two or six to two, let me tell you, if I had the strength to pick up my refrigerator and throw it out the living room window, <laughs> it would have gone out the window. I was, first of all, Boog is right. The idea of the umpire and that having to appeal to then yeah. have his decision so then you can go ahead and it's ludicrous. That is an absolutely stupid idea. Like, why would the umpire want to sit there and hold in information if he knew something happened? Like, it, it is a dumb rule in, in, in the game. But the yeah. fact that they were appealing 5-2-6-2, come on. Have you seen this offense? Three hits? Are you telling me whether it's 5-2 to two or 6-2, to two, it's a difference? The game was over. There was no – I don't care if it was – four to two it was over they weren't gonna score any more runs so i didn't care if it was five to two or six to two we could have been doing this thing 15 minutes earlier tonight instead it's 11 51 we're just in the second segment is the idea yeah is it like the the secret menu item that hey he he actually missed third base but we're not going to say anything unless you ask for it um, you know, unless you, you, uh, you put the challenge out there. Yeah. It was, uh, it was weird. Like I, I was sitting there watching that and thinking like, okay, even if that does turn into an out, then it's five to two instead of six to two. And what, where does that really put you? What difference does that make at this point, given what, what this offense has done so far? It was, it was a weird challenge. I was, you know, trying to make sense of like, you know, what are you, what are you gaining from this? Even if you get it right, I just didn't, I didn't see it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was a weird one. And, and is that really the rule that like the umpire would, would say like, he didn't touch third, but I'm not going to say anything unless the manager asks. That can't be right. I I, I guess so. I, I, I don't know. The whole thing was, was just, that's the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. I don't know what the clock said. Like, I don't know if it only took like three minutes, but it felt like 50 minutes. I was just sitting there and I was, I was literally holding my eyeballs open, just, just praying that I didn't fall asleep and we're watching it. Then the umpires have to get together and confer and talk about it before they put the earpieces in, talk to somebody, make it stop, make it all stop, please. (laughs) Thank you. Super chat. We got another super from we Gerard. Yeah, we have we one got from a couple. And someone we else. got this one from Gerard. Twenty bucks from Gerard says, "I can kind of hate to admit it. I'll be at Angel Stadium for tomorrow night's game. Wish me luck. I'm going to have a little talk with Mr. Shohei Otani. Going to get the recruiting talks going. Gerard, we appreciate the super chats you always give us, but if you didn't buy those tickets with game time, I'm going to be a little bit upset." Just gonna <laughs> put that, out there. that said, I hope you have a better experience because I believe he went to the. The game against the Padres, where they lost six to nothing last Saturday, when, with that horrendous lineup they yeah. put out there, man. So like, he deserves oh, at least a, a more entertaining game, I guess. Kevin, 
Kevin Fiddler in the in the YouTube chat says, "Who could have predicted the Cubs would actually regress without Hosmer?" Well, he's not. He's yeah. not totally wrong. Like no. they had. They have no. been worse. Um, we had another super all. chat. We had another, another one. Super chat. That, I didn't see it. Uh, Kevin put it up there, um, but the, we didn't read it. Uh, yeah, Fernando. He says, "Thank Ooh, you, Fernando. crew, for show even on days like this." Dollar ninety nine. Yeah, thank you, you got it. Fernando, and thank you to the chat. We still have 121 people. It's basically midnight. Uh, first time they first game against the Angels, they blew a four nothing lead. This game, uh, you know, just a disaster in the middle innings. I think the gut wrenching part of this game, other than appealing and costing us another 15 minutes at third base, was they tie it up right, and then the Cubs take the lead. And back they come with a home run the next half inning. It was just like, oh, this is not, you know, just when you had one positive thing happen in the game, uh-huh. the, the Angels immediately took it back. And, and it mm-hmm. was obviously downhill from there. Uh, RWB, haven't seen you in a while, uh, says, I'm ready to be heard again, right, Cody? I'm already looking forward to the space from you, man. Also, this team is going to sell. I lost the rest of it because it went away. He said uh, this team's going to sell come the deadline. And he's talking uh, about the, the deadline. Space. Sorry, I left my chat there for a second. Yeah. Uh, thanks for the super chat, Alex. Appreciate you, man. And yeah, I don't know. tomorrow I'm ready to be heard again. Again. So I will say, not that one guy makes a difference. And I, I, I don't believe they have a chance to get Shohei Otani. Man, he's Otani and Trout are so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. It's, it should be absolutely illegal that they don't make the playoffs. Like uh-huh. every team should donate a player to the angels just so we get to see those two guys play in the postseason. at the trade deadline. Everybody should have to donate one of their, one of their good players to the angels just so Mike Trout and Shohei can play in the postseason. Like the two plays at the wall by Trout, uh, multiple plays by Trout in the outfield. Uh, the home run, easy. Shohei yesterday. Yeah. Still, what did he see? Two bases tonight? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Actually, the, uh, the, the Ian Happ the Ian, Ian Happ flyout I tweeted out earlier was, according to StatCast, apparently what – StatCast says it should have been a home run in Angel Stadium. So even though it didn't look like it, like Mike Trout apparently robbed a home run tonight. Yeah, he was, it looked like he was just at the top was, of the wall. They yeah, said he like, like, knocked like it over. Easiest, barely, I think. Yeah, yeah, like the easiest robbery of a home run that I've seen. <laughs> But it's just like yeah. I thought he just caught a ball, like just kind of stuck it up yeah. and, and caught it, and he did the same it, thing. Tr- Trout makes even that look easy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, exactly. Yeah. And he basically did the same thing to Amaya later in the game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, he he stole a few hits tonight, but I I think I kind of like the the Otani question for the Cubs because I know he comes up a lot with Cubs and free agency. My my question maybe for people to to ponder is. Does Otani by himself make the Cubs better than taking the money you would spend on Otani to sign some number of players um, to fill in different spots in the roster? So, you know, which way do you lean? I don't I don't know that I have a solid answer at this point, but I I think that's something fun, maybe just to to think on, like. Do you get just Otani, Otani by himself? Does he win you more games or does however, whatever number of players it ends up being three or four guys, 
Yeah, I Which think. Way uh, do you go? I think my first reaction to that question is Otani, solely based on the fact that he's an All Star player. He's two All Star right. players in one. Right. Um, so I don't know. Throw a number out there of what you'd have to pay him per year, like no, say fifty five million dollars a year, right? Like it probably would cost more to buy two different players to fill you to fit on your team, and that's two roster spots you're having to take instead of one. Right. Um, so you're getting two all-star level players in one player that's taking up only one spot in your roster. And then, you know, people are saying it in the chat, you're a team like the Cubs. You shouldn't really be worried about the payroll after that. Like you have a guy like Otani, like you should be able, if you're, if you're attempting to compete, be able to stomach, you know, going over the luxury tax, right. Or whatever, you know, the competitive balance tax. So, yeah, I, I think the first reaction is Otani makes you better. If you're the Cubs makes you better because he's two players in one and you know, you're the Cubs. You have a lot, you have a lot of money. You could still spend on teams. You're not, you're not the A's and, and Otani's not going to take up your entire payroll. Yeah. Uh, the Godfather, Michael Collada says Ricketts was giddy at the convention. What do you think now, Tom? <laughs> that was my Collada impression. <laughs> that was a good one. That's Collada. like exactly how I would <laughs> assume you would say it too. <laughs> We've never met the guy in person, but like, I just feel like, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty close. Um, you know, I, I think I said at the very beginning of the podcast, you know, you watched the home run from the Reds. Did you see the home run from the De La Cruz, the top prospect in baseball, just his second game? Like, yeah, he almost mm-hmm. hit it out of the ballpark. And I just the more I watch highlights from other teams in the division around the league, and I know we're waiting for the the better wave of Cubs prospects to get here. Guys, I tell you. I know they're the Reds and Pirates. And I know that they're not prone to like spend big money on free agents. But some of the young players on those two teams are starting to make me wonder if they aren't going to be a problem in the future. I mean, the Reds, the Reds, they're both ahead of the Cubs right now anyway in this division. Mm -hmm. And the Cubs have spent way more money. But some of their young players are. The thing is, the thing is, is that the Reds and Pirates both purposely were losing games from like for like literally the last five to six years. Like so, at some point you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna find some <laughs> you're gonna get some really good players through the draft or however. You Cody know weren't I mean? the Cubs not as bad as them. They lose a hundred games. Saying, some people, <laughs> Mr. Collada, would argue that the Cubs have been doing the same thing since about 2017. <laughs> well, no, because. <laughs> They won 95 games in, yeah. in, in, in 2018. They won 84 in, in 2019. They won the division in 2020. Now, okay, 2021, they lost like 90-some games because of the deadline. Yeah, yeah the last three years, yeah. But they still, despite how bad it's been, they weren't the worst teams in baseball. I mean, the Pirates and the Reds were the worst teams in baseball, among the worst teams in baseball the last five years. So, like, I, I mean, for the Reds, except for, like, the two years that Castellanos was there, and they, like, kind of tried to win whatever but like i don't know like they cut for just, life like castellanos they those teams like it's not to me it's not surprising that they have like these like highly touted players now i'm not surprised that the pirates have an o'neill cruz even though he hasn't played because he's hurt and brian hayes and you know brian reynolds has been there a while and, and then the reds you know Dale cruz it's not even just him they got spencer steer and matt mcclain and you know, a handful of guys. We they they kicked our butts like a week and a half ago. Like I, 
it was very frustrating because it's the Reds. And I was like, I didn't think they'd be like, I didn't think this offense would be that good, uh, you know, this year. But now they add a guy like that. He was batting fourth for them tonight. Cleaned Taylor Cruz was. Both, like, both days he cleaned up, right? I think he was cleaning up so, both yeah. games. Yeah. And they beat the Dodgers. They they made two comebacks against the Dodgers the last two nights. Like, they're just red hot right now. Will it be sustainable? I don't know. But, yeah, they got some very young players who are really, really exciting. And do the Cubs have a can't-miss prospect like L.A. De La Cruz? You know, maybe PCA is that guy. I don't know, man. He's a top yeah. top 15 prospect in baseball. Like, Will he be in the top five going into next year? I don't know. Like, yeah, well, what, And I think, uh, let's, I think I, the issue is the situation is different because the Cubs don't need to rely on top-tier prospects. They shouldn't have to is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, you can have yeah. – you can you can afford to have you know a a few like three top 100 prospects you know like PCA's up there, Brendan Davis was I I'm assuming he fell off of at least most of the top 100 list but like Ben Brown is is rising Kate Horton's rising like you can afford to have not top 10 prospects but a, you know a few sprinkled throughout the top 100 if you're the Cubs because you should be able to go out and sign really really good players and 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 those prospects are supposed to be the ones that supplement them and that's where they were at this last time they were actually competitive is they had they went out and signed guys they actually spent some money and maybe not as much as people wanted them to spend right like they didn't go out and get bryce harper um but it would have been fine if they were able to develop the type of players a cheap talent that can supplement those you know the all-star type players the guys that are, are getting the big contracts and they they failed to do that pretty much across the board They've reset, and now they're in that period where you're still waiting for Pete Carroll Armstrong. Maybe he comes up opening day next year. Like, you don't know that for sure. Um, but, like, you're still kind of relying on, okay, when are these prospects coming up instead of, like, well, the Cubs should, you know, they have a lot of money coming off the books. They should be able to go out and just get some of those free agents. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're not a lot of top-tier free agents this, this offseason, and I get that. Um, but, I mean, they did sign Swanson, right? Like, they – could re-sign Marcus Stroman, who should be one of the best pitchers on the market, um, if he keeps it up and, and he keeps pitching this way. Um, and then you you start to get into a, a period where those prospects aren't Ellie De La Cruz or, or you know, they're not, not the best prospects in baseball, but there's some solid ones that can come up, fill in, produce, and just supplement the all-stars, the big money guys. And the Cubs just haven't done that successfully. They didn't. They didn't really do that successfully the last time they were competitive. But they have the resources that they should be able to. So, I, I get when people are saying like, "When are the Cubs going to bring up their? When are the Cubs going to get their own Ellie De La Cruz?" Like, I I get that because that's a really exciting prospect. And now you're sitting here saying like, "This guy might torture the Cubs for years to come on the Reds." But it's also to a point where like the Cubs shouldn't have to rely on an Ellie De La Cruz type level prospect to come up and, and be kind of a, this, you know, the guy that leads a team in the future, they should be able to go and get that. From someone, well, honestly. And, and what this kind of feels like is where the Cubs were, you know, around 2005, where we got into the trap of, you know, getting too attached to prospects and thinking that, you know, prospects, you know, fill in the blank is going to come up and just rescue this team. And this is going to be the guy who's going to come up and make this team better. And, you know, we saw it back then, you know, in, in 05 and 06, where, you know, it just, you'd get the guy who would come up and it, it wouldn't make 
any bit of a difference. Cause Ryan, you're right. It shouldn't be about that. We shouldn't, you know, they, they signed guys this off season. They brought in big name free agents. They made moves. We shouldn't be talking about PCA who, who cares? It shouldn't matter. You know, that that's, I think the, the, the downfall here is thinking that, you know, prospects are what's going to make the difference for you because yeah, Ellie De La Cruz in Cincinnati has been great for what, two games, two games, games. you know, yeah. come, come talk to me in a month. And, or two months and, let, and let's see what this guy has done at that point. Cause we've had guys on, on this team on the Cubs who have come up and just been red hot for a couple of weeks. And then we see what happens. So I was going to say that he did what he, he hit that 460 foot Homer off washed Noah Syndergaard tonight. So, I mean, who has like a six ERA, yeah. like I'm just saying, like, and it goes back to another, another thing at, you know, playing off what Jared is saying that, you know, Someone in the chat, I can't find it anymore, but said that like they got to trade Bowie at the deadline because Pete Crow Armstrong is coming up next year. And I, no. I'm sitting here like if Bellinger, no. I mean, he's hurt right now and I get that. But if he has a great year, like you should really strongly. Oh, no. Hello. Did we lose Ryan? Oh, lose Ryan. Ryan? That was oh. going to be good, too. He was going to say we should strongly consider uh, keeping Cody Bellinger, I'll put the words in his mouth. Meanwhile, you should uh, keep your Shady Rays on hand. Take the, take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays, an independent sunglass company that offers world-class product that is just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames, extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, and that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear, every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break a pair, even on day one, they told us, they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Together with their customers, Shady Rays providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the U.S. through Shady Rays Impact. From building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusive for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season right now. Plenty of sunshine on the way. Go to ShadyRays.com. Use the code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. I did it yesterday. They are on the way. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by more than 250,000 people. This would be my third pair of Shady Rays, by the way. And uh, the only thing I like as much as Shady Rays would be the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program, Cody. Yeah. Uh, I paid my electric bill the other day and it's to ComEd, right? Uh, yeah. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. That's right. ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. How does it work, Luke? Glad you asked, Cody. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. They can be done in person or virtually, 
and last about two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects they can start working on right away. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings costs, savings project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. If you own a business, stop sleeping. Get after this. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. Comed.com slash powering biz, Luke. You heard me right, Cody. Schedule it today. Still have lost Ryan Herrera. Let's see what we got going on in the chat. We're just going to be here a couple more minutes. We got a super chat. We got a super chat we missed. What do we got? Yeah. Um, scrolling up, it's from 64 hoops, $1.99 says, would Billinger want to resign if we suck? Well, he signed last off season and they won 74 games last year. I, I think, uh, I think the Bellinger question is just, is one that you really can't answer until you see a full year from him. like, I, I think that if he makes it past the deadline, either him being out too long affected his quote unquote value or the Cubs want to keep him. You know what I mean? Those are the two possibilities. And I've seen a few comments, people saying they need to trade him. I've, I've seen other people saying they need to keep him. And the people are saying that they want it, that we need to keep him. It, it kind of goes back to the same thing about Stroman. Like you trade Stroman, then you just, you, you need to refill a hole. You know what I mean? And I know PCA is coming, but you, you no know, guarantees in PCA. We just talked about prospects. Jared just brought it up last segment, right? Like, so and and, and Bellinger can play some first. So if Mervis doesn't work out, which, Knock on wood. Hopefully he does. I, I think his the last two nights the at bats have been good for him. Um, you know, like he's a proven guy. He's won MVP. He was he was playing well this year before he got hurt from catching a ball that was, should have been over a fence. You know what I mean? Like I I you can't answer the question yet, but to say that he wouldn't resign because the team's not good doesn't make any sense just because the team wasn't good last year and he signed here. So. Well, and that that kind of assumes that players only ever sign based on teams' most recent performance. Like you know, the Cubs have signed guys without having done well the previous year. Guys sometimes sign because they can see what's coming for a team. You know, sh- should we talk about when John Lester signed with the Cubs for a minute? You know, he he signed because he knew what was was coming down the road. I think you could argue that Marcus Stroman, to some extent, signed because he believed he knew what was coming down the road. So you could you could sell Bellinger on like, hey, that we have many of the pieces here. And yes, this season has not gone well, but this isn't the trajectory that this team is on. We have we have the pieces in place and it's about keeping you here and then building around you and Dansby Swanson and Marcus Stroman and some of these other guys. And then things are going to trend in a different direction so i i have trouble with that argument that like he's he's not going to sign just because oh hey they only won 75 games i, I mean, players are, are a lot smarter than that that's not giving him enough credit well the number one reason players go somewhere is money because that's how we all most people go for a job like they usually go to the place where they can make the most money um but not always there's there's <clears throat> other factors but it's it's the number one reason people work is to have money so that's what ball players are first and foremost looking for. By the way, I'm totally stunned that I thought out of the four of us, if you would have put pregame odds from DraftKings on first person to leave the show, I would have figured it would have been me because, it, you know, we once we hit midnight, I thought I'd be, pass out. Or, or Cody, out of just complete dejection, would, would fall off the, 
to lose Ryan Herrera. Now that's I unexpected that he'd be the first one to fail on this. <laughs> yeah. Did he fake an injury or an internet connection just to get out of the rest of the podcast? He, he, he unplugged his own Wi-Fi. That's what that was. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, joke's on him because the podcast is almost over. We do need to get to our who you got results. Uh, entering tonight, I had 18 wins. Ryan had 12. Corey had 14. Cody, nine. Brendan, six. And uh, the producers have three. Uh, I would say tonight's pick, I had Nico, Ofer. Ryan had Dansby, Ofer. Corey had Hap, uh, nothing. Cody had Master Boney, nothing. Brendan had Mancini, so... I guess Brendan wins, wins with Brendan wins and, and senior auto almost Corey, a two pointer really you know to be honest with you Corey like gave him shit for taking Mancini too in the in Slack channel so it's pretty funny that Mancini ended up being the guy should have taken Talkman I I tried to manifest something out of Master Boney tonight but hey the one cool. thing I did learn tonight is that Talkman may be the Palatine Pounder but he now lives in Arlington Heights so how about that mm. land of good neighbors. Uh, uh, yeah, the, Cody. The ch- I just wanted to say the chat. I think kind of missed what we were saying about the Bellinger thing, but whatever. I I don't know. I don't know what to say Most. about it. Like, I'm not saying that it's a must thing they should do, but I'm saying that like depend. Like, if you get to the deadline, say he comes back here in the next couple weeks and he plays well going to the deadline, and you you decide to keep him, then that to me that's a sign that you're trying to extend him. Cause if not, then, then it would be dumb that you didn't trade him. But I also think that, you know, like he's been pretty good for the Cubs this year. So it's like, why would you, why would you want to remove someone like that? Especially with as young as he, it's not like he's 30. He's, he's, he's 27, 27, 20, like, 27. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I you know what? I, I, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to explain to the chat who's, like saying that we're wrong or whatever. And I, I just don't understand what they're missing other than the fact that like, it just kind of depends what happens. Like, yeah, he's on a one year prove it deal, but when he has played, he's been good. And it, and again, the injury, it, it was a, you know, it was off trying to make, he, he robbed a home run. Like, I, I don't know. Like what he, you know what I, I, mean? I just think that the main thing we all agree on with Cody Bellinger is that, at least on this podcast is I think everybody agrees that PCA shouldn't be the reason you decide not to make him an offer. Okay. Yes. That's, that's all we're saying. Like, well, I'm not saying PCA is not the future. I'm just saying he's a prospect. And if you have a young guy that's 27, who's been an MVP and he is playing great and he wants to be here, there's room for both guys. You, you, there's a way to make that work. I don't care. You'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. If that means Bellinger plays first base, if that means PCA moves over to another outfield spot or Bellinger moves over to another outfield spot and somebody else becomes a DH, you'll find a way to get good players on the same roster. At least you will if you're a winning organization. And that's what we hope the Cubs will turn into again. Right now, nine games under after back-to-back losses to the Angels. Uh Thanks to everybody that was here for the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. For Cody Del Mendo, Jared Willis, the missing Ryan Herrera, I'm Luke Stuckmar. We're back tomorrow with pregame and postgame from the studio. Drew Smiley will try to stop the possible sweep. Go get some sleep. Until then, fly the W.